Today's episode is sponsored by Cindy Suds. Hey, I'm Cindy, and I'm the owner and creator of Cindy Suds. We make all-natural bath, body, and home products for families seeking to create a healthier environment for their families. You can find us locally at Kingmas, Harvest Health, Hopscotch, and several other local retailers. And if you're outside of the West Michigan area, you can always look us up online, www.cindysuds.com. Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Doulas. I am Alyssa, co-owner and postpartum doula at Gold Coast, and we are talking to Rebecca of Love Your Birth again today. She is our placenta encapsulator. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. So we've talked to you before about your two most common methods of encapsulation, but I know there are a few more options. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not as common or maybe not as preferred, but can you tell us what those are um, and just what the process involves for those. Yeah, definitely. So we went over the raw method and the steam method, which is the encapsulation. So that's when you have the pills, mm-hmm. the placenta pills. There is also an option known as a tincture. And for those that don't know what a tincture is, um, it is a, it's kind of like an extract. So I take the placenta, a, a raw piece of the placenta, and I cure it in a jar of alcohol, usually vodka. Some people do brandy, um, but it's an at least 80 proof vodka that the placenta piece will sit in. And what the alcohol does is it draws out all of the medicinal properties of whatever is sitting in it. And so uh, herbal tinctures are really common. If you, um, you know, go to any health food store, there's a whole rack of herbal tinctures. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of um, another way to ingest a a medicinal uh, (laughs) substance or whatever. Is it just highly concentrated? It's highly concentrated. Okay, but you only take a piece of the placenta. You don't need the whole thing. It's like a walnut-sized piece. And then the rest just gets discarded. Mm -hmm. So for a tincture, you don't even need to use the whole thing. I don't, but a lot of times what somebody will do, what a client will do is they'll have me encapsulate their placenta and also have me make them a and tincture. And do both, yeah, so that you're not yeah. just wasting exactly. the rest of this beautiful organ. Exactly. <laughs> and so one of the benefits of the tincture is that it's shelf-stable. It will last forever if you store it properly, which is in a cool place and out of the sun. Okay. Um, because the heat from the sun and the rays from the sun can deactivate the contents that are in that jar. Um, so, you know, you store it in a cupboard. But if you do that, it's shelf-stable. It will last forever until you use it up. And so, um, for clients that want to have the benefits of their placenta pills for a long time in the future, they get a tincture made. So it can be really helpful for, um, enhancing mood, just like the placenta pills. It can be helpful for energy, just like the placenta pills. It can help balance hormones, um, which a very common suggested method or suggested use for a tincture is in menopause. You could save it for that yeah, long. Yeah. Like have it sit on your shelf for as long 30 as you, years. As long as you store it. Wow, right. that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. It's, it's because of the nature of alcohol. 
Yeah. It's known as a preservative, so right. it will last forever. Until you so do you it. take that chunk out eventually? Yes. Or just, okay. Yeah, so the process is I, I uh, fill a jar with alcohol. I put the placenta piece in it, and I let it cure and sit there for about six weeks. Okay. And every day for six weeks, I kind of swished around a little bit to re-stir up the placenta piece to help the alcohol drop Get all more the way and more. Yeah. Okay. So it, it it's very potent. And so it's a six week long process and I do all of that for you. When I first started, I used to give clients a kit that had all of the right supplies of alcohol, but I found that, you know, they would put it in their cupboard and they do really great with, you know, the swirling it around every day for the first couple of days, but then they completely forget about it. I was going to say, who with a newborn for six yeah, weeks exactly. can swirl? So I just <laughs> no. decided to take that process over myself. Yeah. I do it for six weeks. And when it's done, I reach back out to the client and I say, hey, your tincture is ready. You know, let's set up a time for me to drop it off to you. Okay. And so again, one of, you know, the benefits of it, shelf stable, it lasts forever. So you get those benefits for long-term use. With the capsules, you most clients will use up their placenta pills in those first six weeks postpartum, mm-hmm. or even those first couple. You know, of gosh, it sounds amazing. If you only need such a small chunk and you can still encapsulate, it seems like if more people knew about the benefits and long-term mm-hmm. shelf life of this, t- like had I known, it'd be amazing to have something. Um, even just for again those days where you know, you're having your periods coming and your, your mood is unstable and you know, your hormones are out of whack. Like Mm -hmm. put a little drop on your tongue. Like, is that what you do? Or do you have to put it in water or juice? Or can you just like, it really depends on the person. Okay. Uh, your body will absorb the tincture a lot quicker if you let it sit under your tongue straight for like 15 seconds. Okay. But because it's alcohol based, it kind of stings a little bit. And so some people can't really handle that feeling. And so you can just put it like uh, a few drops in tea or water to help dilute it okay. and then just drink it. Mm-hmm. If you can handle this thing, I highly recommend just letting it sit under mm-hmm. your tongue for like 15 seconds. Um, and one thing that I want, I tell clients every time that they do the tincture is that it's really helpful if you're breastfeeding, if you're planning on breastfeeding, it's really helpful to have a tincture in preparation for when you decide to wean. Or when your baby decides to wean. Um, because there's so much going on in that time. If you're starting to wean when you're breastfeeding, there's a lot of hormonal changes that are happening. There's also a lot of emotional changes mm-hmm. that are happening. Because you've created this really special bond with your baby during that breastfeeding process. And you know, starting to give that up can not only be hard for the baby but it can also be really hard for the mom like you're giving up that relationship mm-hmm. you know and so having your tincture for for those moments when you're just feeling like oh I'm just so sad right now yeah. or you know I'm not ready to do this and it can just be really helpful when you're weaning breastfeeding mm-hmm. and like you said when you're getting your first period back a lot of hormonal right. changes. Monthly. Exactly. I feel like you could use a drop. Yeah. Well, and especially if you're breastfeeding, like it, it's, you know, likely that you don't have a period for, you know, up to a year mm-hmm. even. And so your body is just kind of holding on to all of that energy. And when you get your first period back, it's just like, <sighs> I need a pick me up. Right. And the tincture is really great for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so what other methods? 
So the next method I'll talk about is a lot of people have a hard time with it. Is it the smoothie? It brings back the ick factor. Okay, yes. yeah, that's probably the biggest ick factor it that is. I've heard from clients is, oh my God, my placenta in a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Um, is it, tell it, like, I think when people hear the term raw, they think like literally it's a raw chunk of meat. Is it a raw chunk it of is. meat? It's not steamed. It's not. Nope. Okay. I, I get your placenta, I rinse it off just like I would with the encapsulation process, but then I cut it up and I freeze it. And then you put those frozen pieces into a blender with fruit and make a smoothie. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> it sounds disgusting. It does. It sounds disgusting and it's not for the faint of heart. Like if you are grossed out by blood or... You know, if you're not a huge fan of meat, I mean, even I, if you're not a vegetarian, I if you're not a huge fan of meat, meat but gross. a meat smoothie just mm-hmm. sounds awful. Yeah. Um, are, is there just like this major, just huge benefit to doing this versus encapsulation? Like, what would be the reason for someone doing? So, somebody who would choose doing smoothies versus doing placenta pills is somebody who knows in those first few weeks that they're probably going to have a really hard time emotionally and hormonally. Like if they're really sensitive to hormones or, you know, if they're really sensitive to a drop in hormones, the placenta smoothie would be a really great way because it puts that all back into your body immediately. So it'd be your like body taking absor- your body a absorbs bunch it a lot of better. pills at once. Yeah, your body Instead absorbs it a lot better. Okay. Because it's not having to work through, you know, rehydrating the placenta because it's already raw. Mm-hmm. It's not having to work through breaking down the placenta pill, the actual capsule right. that's surrounding the placenta powder. Um, and, you know, it goes directly into your body and you immediately start digesting it without having to go through all of that extra process. And so it also um, is really good for clients who don't necessarily want to have to remember to take a pill Mm -hmm. every day. Like, I just want to have a smoothie and then be good for, you know, a day instead of having to remember to take two capsules twice a day for the first two weeks. Right. So do they last as long as um, the pills? They don't. They usually only last about two weeks. Okay. Because uh, each... Each piece of the placenta that I cut up is about a walnut-sized piece. And most placentas will only yield about 15 or so okay. of those pieces. And so, so they usually only last for about two weeks. So the mom who knows, like, maybe I suffer from anxiety or depression and I need a huge boost these first two weeks. They're going to do the smoothies, get these big bursts of, you know, the hormones and the energy mm-hmm. and stuff instead of a slow... Um, like the a little bit of pills lasting six weeks. This is like a jolt for two right. weeks. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. So tincture, smoothie, is there anything else? Um, there is something that's called a salve. Okay. A healing salve. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a general healing salve that you can get without placenta pills. But what it does is it, it's a it's a general healing salve with placenta powder infused into it. The powder. Okay. I would have assumed like the tincture. Nope. I do the powder. Okay. And again, you can have placenta pills, you know, I can encapsulate your placenta and also make the salve for you because it only uses about five capsules worth of placenta powder. Okay. So you can have both. You can have all of these if you want. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So you, with you the, have a little with, bit of everything if you that really want to. That sounds amazing. 
um, what would you use the cell for? I mean, I'm assuming that since the skin is your largest organ, it kind of absorbs all that in just a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah. if you have the pills and the salve, what would be the reason for having both? So skin products. Uh, if you have like really dry hands or if you have a scar that you need help. So C-se- women who have had C-sections, oh. it can be really helpful in healing And like stretch marks scar. and stuff? Yeah. Oh, it can okay. be really helpful for healing. Um, you know, using as a, a baby butt balm for, okay. for your baby if he has or he or she has a diaper rash. It can be really helpful. So uh, in the salve that I use, I, I put in coconut oil, beeswax, vitamin E oil, um, and then some essential oils if you're okay with it. Some people are really sensitive to essential yeah. oils, and so if they don't want me to put it in there, I won't. But um, if they do, I usually use lavender and melaleuca because those are both essential oils that are really great for the skin okay. and healing, and they're really great for preventing infection. Um, so, like, if, you know, you have a cut on your hand and you... Instead of going out and getting E&D ointment and putting a Band-Aid yeah. over it, you can put your placenta salve onto it. Okay. And placenta, a lot of people don't know this, but it's very common in, uh, like, commercial skincare products. Really? I mean, they don't really put that on their label, but in other countries, it's very commonly used. People use it in uh, anti-aging cream, shampoo and conditioner. Whose placentas are they using for this? (laughs) The hospital's donating them? No, but that's the thing people don't know, is that when you give birth in a hospital and they discard your placenta, they don't always just throw it away. They sell it. It's kind of like, this is a hot topic, but circumcision. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know this, but when you have your baby circumcised into a hospital, in a hospital, they save that foreskin and sell it. To other products that to other companies that use it and in, in other products. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea. I figured discarded meant it was discarded mm-hmm. when well, in some like biohazard bin somewhere. You, you know, some hospitals do, but there are also those who yeah. have that kind of financial gain that they get from it. Huh. And placenta is known to have stem cells, which is why it's really good for okay. skincare products because okay. it helps regrow. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect cells. sense after mm-hmm. talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's touch upon some reasons that maybe a woman cannot use any of these methods with her placenta. And then, um, maybe some myths about like, I, I think I can't, or I can't encapsulate because, and then you say, no, that's not a factor. Yeah, for sure. So in our other podcast that we did, I kind of touched base on this a little bit, but definitely if there's any infection with the mother or the baby, either in labor in pregnancy for the baby or immediately postpartum, that's a no-go. I don't, I won't feel comfortable doing it because the placenta could also be infected. Mm-hmm. And then if you ingest it, you can, you know, get sick again. So, um, you know, chorioamnionitis or uterine infection, or if the baby develops neonatal sepsis, no-go. Um, and also uh, what kind of plays into this If the placenta gets left out at room temperature for longer than three hours, it creates a breeding ground for bacteria. So if you think of, you know, leaving out a piece of chicken on your counter for three hours and not doing anything with it and just sitting at room temperature, it's, you know, bacteria can grow at that temperature. So it's uh, really important for people who are having their baby in the hospital to know this specific part about the, about not leaving your placenta out for longer than three hours. 
because the hospital staff, it's not their priority to make sure your placenta right. gets stored properly. Like that's really on you. So do they bring their own cooler or something? They can. Okay. If they feel more comfortable to bring their own cooler, they absolutely can. The hospital is really great about it if you ask them to do something. Okay. If you say, I'm keeping my placenta, can you give me a bucket and ice to put it on? Okay. They'll generally, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. And Spectrum Butterworth, which a lot of my clients have their babies at Spectrum Butterworth, they're really great about placenta clients who want to keep their placenta and know that they want to encapsulate. Yeah. All you have to say is, I you know, want to keep my placenta. You can choose whether or not you want to tell them if you're encapsulating it. You don't have to. Um, but, you know, you say those words and they're like, oh, okay. Like, they know what the process looks like. They okay. know um, to put it in a clean container and then you ask them to put it on ice for you and they'll definitely do it. Um, it's still not common practice. So you might have to remind them a few times, especially if you have a shift change mm -hmm. while you're there. Um, if you tell, you know, the nurse when you initially get there that you want to keep your placenta and then they have a shift change and a new nurse comes in, she might not relay that to the new nurse. Probably So you want to remind yeah. them. <laughs> um, what I generally tell clients is uh, give this job to somebody else who's supporting you. Your doula, your, your partner. Your doula, your partner, your mom. Tell them to make sure that the placenta gets put onto ice and stored properly. Uh, because you need to focus on having your baby and then loving on your baby and bonding with your baby. You shouldn't right. have to be worrying about your placenta. So give that job to somebody else. Um, and generally, I can get to the hospital within an hour. If I know that you're in labor and I mm -hmm. tell clients, give me a heads up when your labor starts or give me a heads up when you head into the hospital mm -hmm. so I can make sure that I stay in town so I can get there right. within that first hour. And if I can do that, like it's not a big deal. It's in case I can't get there within that first hour that it's very important to make sure your placenta gets put onto ice. Mm -hmm. And I only live like seven minutes from Spectrum. So I can get there really quick. Yeah. But like my dad lives in Grand Haven. So if I'm over there visiting him and you have your baby, it might take me a little bit longer than an hour to get there. Yeah. So you have to put your placenta on ice. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, that would be a contraindication if if your placenta stays at room temperature for longer than three hours. Okay. I won't feel comfortable doing it. If you're, like, really adamant about me still encapsulating for you, I would probably write up a waiver yeah. and make sure, like, I tell you all of the risks to it. And if you really still want me to do it, I might do it. But I would that would just be, like, a case-by-case -case basis. Now the, I have to make sure informed consent. Like, right. you have to know. right. But don't, do you think that the, you know, dehydrating for the proper amount of time at 160, like, wouldn't that kill, probably kill the bacteria? It's just the what if, right? It would you... probably kill the bacteria, but if you think about, you know, if a, a piece of chicken, again, is sitting out and it rots on your counter, even if you cook it, it's still going to make yeah. you sick. Yeah, I suppose. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it might kill some of the bacteria, but once something gets spoiled, there's no going back. Yeah. You, you can't you can't come back from that. <laughs> so it's very important you put your placenta on ice while you're waiting for me to come pick it up. And then usually, um, if it's during the day, I start that process right away. Okay. I, you know, get home, I sanitize my stuff, I get your placenta in the dehydrator. If it's in the middle of the night, I will probably wait until the morning. Because it can be refrigerated. Until. Yes. Okay. It can be in the refrigerator for three days. Okay. Before it needs to be frozen, if you're not doing anything with it. 
if somebody brings it home to decide later if they want. Yeah. And you know, I've had a few clients who have done that where they're in the hospital, they're having their baby and somebody mentions, Oh, are you going to encapsulate your placenta? I'm like, what? And then they like, what is that? Right. And then, you you know, they get told the benefits like, Oh, that sounds awesome. And they call me after they have their baby already. And I say, okay, you know, get your, get your placenta on the freezer and I'll come pick it up whenever you're ready. So for clients who are still teetering on the edge towards the end of pregnancy, you can keep your placenta, have them keep your placenta, go, you know, take it home, freeze it, give yourself, you know, another week to decide if you want to do it and then call me up if you decide you want to and I can still do it as long as it was uh, put onto ice or in the refrigerator within three hours after birth Mm -hmm. and as long as it was frozen, uh, within the first four days okay if it's been sitting in your fridge for three days or longer it's I probably not comfortable yeah okay yeah so are there any reasons that you know hey i got sick and i was on an antibiotic while i was pregnant um i can't encapsulate like or what are, are there some things that women just assume they can't encapsulate because of certain reasons yeah i actually i have a lot of clients who um ask me about antibiotics and labor. If they're GBS positive, they have antibiotics and labor. Can I still encapsulate? Yes, you can because of the shelf life of the antibiotics that you're, that you're given in labor. Uh, within those first three days that it takes me to process your placenta, the antibiotics that might have been in your placenta become deactivated. Okay. So it won't affect you. Okay. Um, another really common question is if I have an epidural, can I still ingest my placenta? Yes, because of the shelf life. You won't have, your body won't be paralyzed if you start taking your placenta if you had if you had an epidural. <laughs> Pain management. Yeah, the shelf life, it, it becomes deactivated, you know, through the time and also the dehydration process. Okay. Um, and not just an epidural, you know, there are other pain meds that you can have in labor that don't necessarily give you an epidural, like uh, Stadol. Okay. You can have Stadol and still encapsulate your placenta. Um, another, you know, a few other common questions are, you know, I have gest- gestational diabetes and, you know, my doctor's saying my baby's going to be really big and it might cause all these other problems. Can I still encapsulate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Gestational diabetes is not a contraindication to encapsulation. Okay. Preeclampsia is another one. Not a contraindication. Those are, you know, really common questions. Okay. So, yeah. All those things you can still encapsulate for sure. Well, I think after hearing about these other three, everyone who encapsulates should do these other ones too, because <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> well, thanks for joining us again. Um, again, you can find Rebecca's information on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. You can email us at info at goldcoastdoulas. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and then find our podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes.